Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Monday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another week of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Kelly Center. We're in the First Bank Studio right here in Hattiesburg. Luke is off, but we're glad you're with us. Opening segment of the show sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. What a great place to enjoy a great meal with your family seven days a week. And if you've got an upcoming event, make sure you call Dickie's because catering is one of their specialties and they do a first-rate job. Dickie's Barbecue right here in Hattiesburg. Bob Hogue is the commissioner of the PacWest Athletic Conference. He's going to be joining us a little later in the show to talk about all this realignment talk. And uh, we've asked Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation uh, to rejoin the program. And uh, before we get started, Kelly, my thanks to you for filling in so admirably last week. Glad to do it, Bob. Always glad to. That's great about people f- talk about football and all that being team sport. Well, sometimes radio is too. Correct. You know? right. So I'm glad to do it, man. Glad to be back on this uh, on this Monday, ready to roll. There we go. All right, Heath Hinton, Big Gold Nation. We asked him to come back on the show. Uh, Heath, uh, of course, all the hubbub, and we just heard that in the news break uh, prior to coming on here, is this talk that Oklahoma and Texas are going to be joining the SEC in the year 2025. Uh, I, I know you keep your ear to the uh, your ear to the telegraph, so to speak, at Southern Miss, and all weekend long, I just I, I just really got tired of reading the internet post. Everybody's an expert; everybody knows exactly uh, what such a realignment would mean. But let's assume for just the moment that Texas and and uh, Oklahoma do move to the SEC. That creates a couple of openings there, of course, uh, in the Big 12. What, if anything, uh, with all this potential realignment, do you think it means for Southern Miss? Well, there's two things that we pr- I promise you that we know that will happen. One of these two things will happen. Either the Big 12 will look to add some more teams, or the Big 12 will disband, and it'll go by way, and you'll have four power conferences. That's the one thing we do know. If the Big 12 disbands, well, that just creates the gulf that everybody's been talking about. Big 12 don't disband. What do they do? They probably go to somewhere like the AAC, and they start looking at schools, and you start looking at Houston, SMU, Tulsa, Memphis. Don't know as much about a Tulane. But you look at a Big 10 that would lose two schools like an Oklahoma and Texas, which are big money schools for them, so how would they replace, somewhat try to replace those funds? You would go and probably add four schools. If that were to happen, they raid the AAC. If that happens, then Southern Miss, do they have a chance to get in the AAC? Who knows? All Southern Miss can do right now is win games, politic, and do what you can to make your facilities better. That's the situation Southern Miss is in right now. And given those scenarios, Heath Hinton, I think the latter is more likely. As much as it pains me to say, I think the Big 12, which 
right now only has 10 teams and with two going to the SEC pending the you know vote in the SEC and we mentioned 11 of the 15 schools would have to approve that maneuver that would leave the Big 12 down to eight teams and there's already talk that my alma mater Iowa State supposedly has already been in contact with the Big 10 because of the geographic simplicity of it with Iowa, Minnesota, Illinois, you know, Purdue, Indiana, all those schools, you know, right around the area anyway, that that could be a potential landing spot for Iowa State. Oklahoma State is talked about a potential member of the Pac-12, which I don't know how much sense that makes. But again, all the chatter starts. Kansas State may be headed to the, the whack. Uh, Kansas may be going to the Big Ten. Big Ten is attracted by Kansas basketball. So I think of those two scenarios you gave us, the disbanding of the Big 12 to me looks more likely than an expansion of the Big 12. Well, the thing about disbanding the Big 12 is there's still a lot of schools in there that even if you add schools, they're going to make a lot of money. Big 12 has a good TV contract. If they can add schools, and keep somewhat of that contract, uh, an Iowa State joining the Big Ten really doesn't do anything for them from a financial state. Um, does it? You just It's just a weird situation. You would have Nebraska maybe playing. I, I would say like Oklahoma State would probably want to join a Big Ten and get that rivalry with uh, Nebraska going again. It's just there's so many nuances that can happen. It's all about the money at this point in TV contracts. That's what all this is about. That's why Oklahoma and Texas are wanting out of the Big 12, because they can't believe that if they go to the SEC, it's going to put them in better shape, especially Oklahoma, to make the college football playoffs. Well, we're going to talk more. It's not going to put them in a better shape to do that, but they're going to get a better shape to get a piece of that SEC pie and that, uh, that money pie that they have and all the money that comes from it. And we'll talk. That's why it's, that's so important. We'll talk more with uh, PAC West Commissioner Bob Hogue a little bit later on in the show about that. But when the smoke clears on all this, Heath, where does Southern Miss wind up? And is it Jeremy McLean's job to, to have a plan B or C? Or what is the conference responsibility? And what do you think is being discussed at conference meetings right now at Conference USA? You know, that's a great question. Uh, Obviously, the conference meetings right now are maybe helping to help build Conference USA to make them stronger, but behind the scenes, it may be a case of where some some Sunbelt schools and some Conference USA schools are getting together and like, hey, guys, we got a pretty good thing if we can keep it down to a four- or five-state area. If we just combine our schools get rid of some of the baggage, and uh, let's combine, make a better conference, that one that people can travel to, that the travel expenses are less. You don't have to worry about all that. You don't have to fly from Mississippi all the way out to El Paso, Texas, or from El Paso, Texas, out to, uh, say, Hampton Roads, Virginia. You don't have to fly three ways, three quarters across the country to play a football game. Maybe that's some talks some schools start having. So, you might see that where there's some uh, backroom conversations going on between different presidents and different ADs about 
you know what, what? Maybe we should start our own conference. It's not like we have we're not a Power Five conference. Maybe if we join together and build a better conference, better things can happen to us. So that might be something that happened. We're just going to keep our eyes closed because it's still what three years away right. before this really starts uh, ramping up. So. Schools have time right now to start politicking, as I said, win games in every sport. Just win, as Al Davis said, just win, baby. So and I hear from both you and Ke- facilities. I hear both from you and Kelly that if if all of this happens, and these are all big gifts, obviously, but the, the two potential options, Kelly Sander, for Southern Miss would be to take a spot in the AAC should some of those schools move to, say, the, the Big 12 or – uh, to to explore a possible merger between the Sun Belt and Conference USA and a realignment of those schools. But if none of the Conference USA schools leave, you know, that's another option is just stay where you are. You know, but you would think, and of course this is a Jeremy McLean call, then if you have the opportunity for that combined, and again, as Bob said, it's all hypothetical, but a combined league with the Sun Belt or the AAC, which would be better? I don't. I can't answer that. Right. Well, that, that'd be something Jeremy McLean would have to decide. Here's something that I think it's fair to say: Oklahoma and Texas coming into the SEC is not good news for the Mississippi States, Ole Miss, Vanderbilts, Kentuckys of the SEC, South Carolinas. These are just two more schools that play at a level of an Alabama and LSU that you have to play every year. Well, if you want to win a national championship, it's bad news. Right. But if you like but if you like flashing those fancy numbers in your checkbook. Well, they're already yeah. doing that. Well, right? no, I, I understand. But what happens to the rich usually? They, they get, get richer. richer. <laughs> That's right. Heath Hinton, bottom line, it's all about the almighty buck. Am I right about that? Yes, sir. It's all about the almighty dollar. And, you know, when you're talking – even schools like Southern Miss, it's all about the TV contracts, how much you can get. Uh, this SEC thing, this moving uh, Oklahoma, Texas, moving SEC, is about the bottom dollar. That's what this is about. It's about getting a piece of that SEC network and, and not being happy with the Big 12 network. And even with Texas Longhorns having the Longhorn network, willing to shut all that down to come to the SEC, that tells you. How much money ESPN is giving the SEC every year because of the SEC network? All right. All right, Heath, we appreciate your input. Heath Hinton, Big Gold Nation. I'm sure he'll be staying right on top of this. And uh, you can follow his website and uh, keep up uh, with all things Southern Miss. Thanks for your time, Heath. Thank you, guys. Have a wonderful Monday. All right, when we come back, Bob Hogue, he's the commissioner of the PAC West Conference. That's a Division II conference. But it be interesting to hear what – He thinks not only about all this conference realignment, but the paying of athletes and all these incredible changes. It's like we're living, Kelly, in the twilight zone. I expect Rod Sterling to show up any minute. (laughs) We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Our thanks to Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation for joining us in the first segment of the show. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark and CampusBookmark.net. Great selection of summer apparel there now and, of course, football stuff. 
coming in every day. So if you want some new swag, that's the place to go. They're on Hardy Street across from the Southern Miss campus. You can also shop them seven days a week at campusbookmark.net. Coach Ostrander, the new assistant head baseball coach at Southern Miss, on the show tomorrow. We're looking forward to that. But right now we want to bring Bob Hoke on the program. He is the commissioner of the PacWest Athletic Conference. And, uh, sir, first of all, we appreciate your time. Thank you for coming on today. Uh, well, looking forward to a great discussion. Certainly a lot happening in the NCAA world. And great to talk to both you and the birthday boy, Kelly Santa. <laughs> yes. Well, there is a lot happening right now. And then we've got many things we want to talk to you about. But I want, I want to go back to something that occurred here a few weeks ago, and that was the that was the Supreme Court decision uh, that allowed, in essence, uh, college athletes to start making money on their likeness. And it seems like every day I, I read another story about some kid coming out of high school or a freshman. Uh, for example, the last one I read was the, the kid that's expected to start at quarterback for Alabama has never played a game yet, but expected to make six-figure endorsements because he's the quarterback at that university as as a college sports fan i have found all of this to be pretty disturbing and it, it seems to me that that college sports as we know it now will never be the same but i'm curious to get your thoughts about college athletes now uh, effectively becoming professional in the sense that they can be paid for their likeness or public appearances that sort of thing yeah absolutely this was uh, i think frankly a devastating um, ruling that came down, um, and it, not just the fact that the ruling came down, but the the just literally the attack on the NCAA and you know what what they've stood for 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 all of these years, and um, just the comments that came from literally both sides of the aisle politically uh, indicates that. Um, you know, the future of the NCAA as we know it um, is certainly uh, uncertain at this particular time. And um, this this ruling really impacts, you know, the type of people that you're talking about, the high Division One. So what's happening with the lower Division Ones, or like in my case, I'm a commissioner of a Division Two, and then the Division Threes? What's the fallout going to be? Completely uncertain. We have no idea what's going to happen here. Um, but the the suggestion that uh, there's an expectation that you know that these super athletes are going to get you know paid in some regard, not directly by the universities, but um, by the outside. Boy, the the trickle down effect is just just absolutely huge. So, Bob Hogue, going forward, when there's talk of, of Oklahoma, of course, and Texas going to the SEC, now you hear that Iowa State may have been in touch with the Big Ten. You certainly know the Iowa University of Iowa situation very well. If a commissioner and a conference are doing their jobs, what are you doing right now if, if you could be affected well, by these moves? Okay, well, the, at the Division One level, you know they're all working the phones right now because they want to they want to protect themselves. Right. Um, this is this 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 uh, situation is not going to have um, an immediate impact on you know my level at Division two II or three. But let's talk about you know the the athletic directors and the commissioners of those those high level uh, Division one schools. Anything could happen from the rumored breakoff of the of the Big Five, which could ultimately just be a Big Four um, conferences, um, it could it could um, 
just be the literally those power conferences, the SEC, the the, the Pac-12, um, you know, the the ACC, etc. Uh, you know, Big Twelve could end up dissolving. Um, you know, I know that you guys uh, cover cover Southern Mississippi. You know what what's going to happen to their conference? What's going to happen to a lot of these conferences that are not involved um, with the Big Four conferences? Uh, you know, I met. I, Neglected to mention the ACC. So but the point is, is that there's a lot of unknown. There's going to be a huge scramble going on, and it's all about the dollars. And uh, wow, Katie barred the door at this point. We, we talked a couple of weeks ago to Larry Fedora, who obviously was a coach here and then a coach at North Carolina. And what he said to me was really startling. He he was another coach that just seemed really concerned about this, and he said. Now when you go on recruiting visits, there's going to be another scenario. And you're going to go into a recruit's home, and the first thing the recruit is going to want to talk about is not the academic opportunities, not the heritage of your program, but what are we talking about in dollars? How many dollars can I make if I, if I take your scholarship offer? Doesn't that, Mr. Hogue, just fly in the face of what college athletics are supposed to be about? You've, you've got it. Absolutely. To me, to me, the idea that they've been, they're essentially being paid to, for their education has always been uh, tremendous. Um, it just, it, it, it's stunning, though, just the viewpoint. I mean, you, you heard some of the comments that were being made and, and the dressing down that came from, from the Supreme Court. It's quite obvious that the perception of, of the NCAA um, and college athletics is at the highest level. The feeling that these universities are using these student athletes um, rather than the fact that these student athletes are getting an opportunity. And so that per- when perception meets reality, um, watch out because um, we, we have no idea what direction this is going in, but it's not going to look like what it looked like before. So at the Division II level, Bob, is there ever a time when you can sit back and just say, I think we're going to be good for the next 10 or 15 years, or is every year this something you're going to have to deal with? Well, the, the challenge to, the, uh, to Division II is we are funded, partially funded by you know, our member schools, but we get a huge chunk of money from the NCAA um, based on money they received from, from the, the Division I level. Actually, it's it's based on the, 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 the huge amount that comes through the NCAA basketball tournament, March Madness. So the impact to us is um, if there literally is a breakup of Division One, and then a breakup of, you know, these uh, just monster television contracts, which partially fund us, certainly there's an impact on us. When that actually occurs, you know, two, five, ten years down the road, you know, something we certainly have to look into. You know, uh, uh, I'm already of retirement age, so I can weather the storm. But, you know, I, I think of my younger commissioners who are asking these questions about, do I have a future ten years down the road? Bob Hogue is with us for 15 years. He has been the commissioner of the PacWest, a Division Two conference, obviously out 
out west. So in these in these particular times, you're talking about the the Big Twelve now, even though there's only ten members right now, and as of 2025, if the SEC approves the move, it'll be back down to eight schools. Do you anticipate a disbanding or a, a dissolution of of the Big Twelve? And if so, yeah, Bob, Hope, where, absolutely, you do. Yeah, I, I, I do. I, you know, I, both of, both you and I know Bob Bowlesby back from uh, you know his Northern Iowa days, and uh, you know he's moved up the ladder here, and and I know the Big Twelve already issued a statement here, but this reminds me of um, when when the Big East dissolved as a basketball conference. You remember how huge that was you know, years ago, and it doesn't even exist now. Right. And uh, there's no doubt that already, not just already, but probably for the past, you know, several days or weeks uh, when the the Texas-Oklahoma thing happened, that all of those other schools are scrambling. I saw a post by John Fricke. You may remember him as uh, one of the CNN sports guys for – for many a year, you know, and he was speculating where all of these Big 12 teams would end up. That you know, some of them would end up in in, in the Pac-12, some would go to the AC, ACC, some would go to the Big Ten, and of course, um, there would be those Texas and Oklahoma. And who, who knows? You know, are there, are there more <laughs> considered by the SEC? The the thing, I, probably unlikely that there would be more going to the SEC. Um, because I believe that gets them to 16, which is just a real solid number. Um, you start going beyond that number, then it gets you know kind of crazy scheduling wise. But um, the, the Big 12, the, their days in my mind are numbered. And and the politics that could potentially be involved, and let's just use the state of Iowa for example. Is Iowa going to want Iowa State in the Big Ten? You know, I, I saw another article uh, written about that. You know, Iowa um, probably would not want Iowa State. You know, nothing. I know that they've got their you know good in-state rivalry going on, but um, you know, it's all about television markets. Well, Iowa already has given the state of Iowa the te- that television market to the Big Ten, right? Right. So that the. the the Big Ten has to think about television markets. And so, you know, an Iowa State situation really doesn't help them or enhance them in any way. Well, we'll continue our discussion with Bob Hogue from the Pac West as to maybe where some of those other Big 12 teams wind up, if indeed it does dissolve. It's a Southern Miss show, but certainly a lot of conference things happening around the country. We'll continue after this timeout. Welcome back to the show. Bob and Kelly from the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg. Luke is out. We're glad you're with us today. This segment sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill, where you get the best 895 plate lunch in Hattiesburg, Monday through Friday. Your favorite game is always on one of the TVs, and it's always fun at 4th Street Bar and Grill, and we thank them for their support of the Eagle Hour. Bob Hogue is our guest. He's the commissioner of the PacWest Conference. Uh, Mr. Hogue, I want to go back to this scenario 
you you said it was your your thought that maybe we would see you know the the end of the Big Twelve. It would seem to me that if if the Big Twelve stayed intact and and say went after three or four American Athletic Conference schools uh, to get back to to twelve uh, affiliates, that would be a potential benefit for a Southern Miss because then Southern Miss may be able may be able to lobby its way into the American Athletic Conference. But if the Big 12 dissipates, then all of those schools are going to be on the look for a new conference. And it seems to me that would be the worst-case scenario for the mid-majors like Southern Miss because I I think it's fair to say that, uh, you know, the American Athletic Conference, for example, is going to take Oklahoma State over over Southern Miss, in all honesty. So, So am I right that... The dissolving of the Big 12, if that were to come up to be, would uh, would really mean little or any chance that schools like Southern Miss or Sunbelt schools would have an avenue to uh, to move to a bigger league. Yeah, I, I think that you nailed it uh, there. Um, the dissolution of the Big 12 would really hurt uh, mid-majors or smaller D1s. There's there's no doubt about that. Um, we've, we've seen that... Um, you know, happened before the you know, uh, Southwest Conference. Remember when right. they were they were huge back in the day? I, I mentioned the Big East in in basketball. You know, just realignment, just <laughs> realignment realigns everything. It just it just changes it big time. And the thing that the challenge for the mid majors or the smaller D ones has to do with their market share availability for television because this is all being talked about because of huge dollars you know the chance to get uh in into the national championship scenario we've seen the big 12 for example you know not make it a, a few times there's already talk about playoff expansion but this is all about television rights right so the the challenge with with schools that are at mid-major or lower division one is can they bring in certain television markets? So, and that's what this is all about. All about. Most of them cannot with the exception. I mean, certainly it's a different sport, but you know, in, in basketball, for example, there's a Gonzaga, you know, who, who has a national name and yet they come from a, a smaller TV market, you know, up in Spokane. So there, there's the challenge with these with these Big 12 teams trying to stay together. My question would be would Bob Bowles be would be would he be on the horn with someone like a Boise State? That there, there's an, there's another school with a kind of a national name everybody recognizes it even though the Boise itself uh you know television um, market-wise is is not the biggest in the world, but they do have a big following. So that Therein lies the key right now. Is the Big 12 going to dissolve, or are they going to stay intact and then bring in you know, a couple of these other schools that might be the ones just outside the Big 5 now, and then that gives an opportunity for those mid-major schools to then perhaps jump into an, another conference and better themselves. Well, so even... Go, one direction or another. Well, even in that scenario, am I right? Let's take it back to Conference USA. That gives a Texas El Paso or a Rice University a better opportunity to move up than a Southern Miss 
because of the location and the size of their television market. Right, yeah. Rice is not a big school, but they're in Houston. And that former Southwest Conference member, you know, El Paso is not a big market, but, um, you know, But it's, I, I agree. it's bigger than Hattiesburg. It's probably a bigger market than Hattiesburg. Right. right. And unfortunately, that's, that's, we've, we've kind of heard that before. I want to talk about the business of athletics, Bob Hogue, as a, as a commissioner. Uh, season ticket sales for Southern Miss are way up over where they've been as the Will Hall era begins soon. But I tell, I've told people all along, even if you don't go to the games, whatever, buy season tickets because what people don't know, because people generally don't, don't look very proactively at things, is if the Southern Miss program in an absolute worst case scenario somewhere down the road were to drop out of Division One. The economic impact of people who own businesses in Hattiesburg and surrounding areas would also be felt. That is my contention. You've seen the numbers. Um, talk to our talk to the Southern Miss fan base, or, or just in general, about how important the success of athletic programs at your schools are to help the local business economies. Absolutely, in, in, in my estimation, um, the student athlete experience totally enhances not just the university, but the entire university community. And if there's any way that the, you know, the local businesses can get behind those student athletes um, or the athletic programs, um, it, it's a tremendous benefit. You know, one of the things that we talk about um, at, at the Division II level is just, you know, having a balanced approach. You know, that these people are not going to go out and be, uh, you know, million-dollar athletes, but they, they're they using their student-athlete experience to be successful at the school and in the community, and then that makes them successful as an individual when they leave the school. And so, you know, any way that the local businesses can help that experience just helps everybody out. Um, and I, I can't emphasize that enough. Uh, we certainly use that, you know, positive, you know, enhancement, uh, you know, scenario with when we talk about our schools. And I would say the same thing for Southern Miss. Postscript on the realignment now, is is the smoke on any or all of this going to be not cleared until 2025? Well, I, I saw where there's the possibility of exit fees being paid, um, that there that this could happen as early as, and of course this is very speculating, um, is uh, um, in 2022, um, but um, you know the almighty dollar is going to is going to lead this, um, and so you know we we've seen um, we've seen situations where there's been realignment um, faster than 2025 because I mean shoot that's four years away right yeah and I and I've seen speculation here. You know, again, these are just sports columnists just writing off the top of their head in some regard, you know, talking about, you know, big payouts um, where, you know, Texas and Oklahoma are in the SEC, you know, as early as 2022. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't even know whether that's logistically possible, but it sure would be interesting. And I wanted to get your comment on what Dabo Sweeney said, the the head coach at, at Clemson, with, with the new rules, with image and likeness and now realignment all because of and everything is about dollars 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 
Uh, Dabo Sweeney said that if he wanted to coach pro football, he would have ventured into the National Football League. So, yeah. where, so where is the line now, Bob Hogue, between college athletics and professional athletics? Yeah, I, I don't know where the line is. But, you know, think about how things have changed in our lifetime and somehow we've been able to adjust to it. You know, years ago, Olympic athletes made nothing. Right. And then there was, there was concern uh, when they would be paid. Um, you know, there was, there was a time, you know, before Kurt Flood when, you know, Major League Baseball teams held total control over their players and they couldn't bounce around. Um, you know, there was, there was a time in college basketball when there were all these one-and-done, you know, athletes. And yet the sport has survived. So um, the sport is going to survive. It's going to look different, and um, and it's, but I think it'll end up still being popular. A lot of us are going to, you know, just like a lot of us who didn't like the DH rule when it first went into effect in baseball, we've learned we've learned to live with it, and uh, you know, sports go on. So um, how it's going to all play itself out, we don't know, but uh, it's going to be a heck of a ride. So, with this realignment, is this is this the break that a lot of mid majors have been waiting for? In the sense that they've wanted the quote unquote Power Five to peel off and do their own thing to begin with, and allow these Ohio Valley schools, the Sun Belts, the Conference USA's, the AACs, whatever, to be able to uh, have their own championships or kind of do their own thing. Yeah, that, that's a. Um... That's kind of a rose-colored glasses <laughs> look at the whole thing to say, okay, let those big guys go away and form their own whatever it is and we'll be the NCAA, and so we'll win NCAA championships. Um, that's one way to look at it. You know, the, the question is, where would the dollars go? But it's like a lot of other things. Uh, you know, there's, a, there's enough people out there that are uh, televising sports and are, and are looking for for people look look what happened last year at the beginning of covid how many how many times did you watch some games on saturday early on before you know the sec started and the pac-12 started of, of teams that you would have never watched before Absolutely. but you watched them because they were on mr hoke thank you for your time uh, great conversation we always appreciate your input on the eagle hour you bet thanks so much and happy birthday kelly thank you bob Bob Hogue, everybody. Pack West Commissioner. Appreciate that. Kelly will be back with me in just a moment. We'll wrap up this edition of the Eagle Hour. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, great thanks to Bob Hogue, Commissioner of the PacWest Athletic Conference, for joining us. Uh, also, I want to thank Heath Hinton for making a Monday appearance on the Eagle Hour. Christian Ostrander on the show tomorrow. He'll be talking about his new role as the assistant head coach of the Southern Miss baseball program and, and life after uh, losing your best relief pitcher. So we look forward to that. And then Lance Ancar, uh, scheduled to be on the show Thursday. He's a new strength coach for the Golden Eagles. And, Kelly, I had the opportunity to meet Coach Ann Carr at our community pool a couple of Saturdays ago. Great family, a guy from Louisiana, from New Orleans. 
a great guy. You could tell the minute you saw him why he was the strength coach. For He didn't look anything like me or you. I was just going to say, wouldn't that have been a little intimidating to see a guy like him at the pool and then have, have you walk up with your, your you know, Correct. britches down to your knees? So I, I didn't I didn't break out in the Speedo while he was okay, there. I, uh, I sat quietly over on the side and had a... Had a really great couple-hour conversation with him. We look forward to having him on the show. Really, uh, really fine and, guy. And, Big and, addition to the program. And all those strength and conditioning guys are like human Red Bulls. Right? Yes, Je- yes. You know, energetic, yes. jumping up and down. They're right. fired up about the sunset. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think Southern Miss got a great hire. Interestingly enough, he was the, he was the center at North Alabama when the new head coach was the quarterback. So, these guys go back a long time, and he has great, great confidence in, in what the new regime is going to do with the program. As we all do. And, and let's take a look at some quick headlines from around Conference USA. The conference has announced that three defensive backs in Conference USA have been named to the Jim Thorpe Award watch list for the upcoming season. Defensive backs B.J. Williamson of Louisiana Tech, Stephen Gilmore of Marshall, and Rashad Wisdom of UTSA have all been. And, uh, named to that Jim Thorpe Award watch list. Out of the junior college ranks, the first preseason junior college football poll has been released, and three Mississippi teams are in the top ten. The number three team, according to the first poll, is Northwest. The Rangers out of Senatobia rank third. The defending national champions from Mississippi Gulf Coast come in fifth in the first poll. And East Mississippi, last chance you, ranked seventh. Now remember, East Mississippi did not play junior college football last year. So they will kick off their seasons the last weekend in August. And we're sitting here thinking the last weekend in August. But for heaven's sakes, Bob Hogan, or, or Bob uh, Getty, rather, the end of this week is the 1st of August. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's coming upon us very quickly. Out of the NFL, it has announced today that 13 National Football League staffers have contracted COVID. Could this be a here-we-go-again type situation? One of the big names that uh, has been diagnosed as positive is the Indianapolis Colts head coach Frank Reich. He has now been quarantined and will have to sit out the first couple of weeks of training camp. The NFL is so concerned about this potential situation that they're contemplating putting different colored wristbands on players who have been vaccinated and those that haven't in hopes that they can um, can keep those players separated as best they can. And the Cincinnati Bengals announced today that former LSU quarterback and now their starter Joe Burrow will not be allowed to play in any preseason games this year of course the nfl schedule with them picking up additional uh, weekly games have shortened the preseason schedule but even so burrow will not play any of the preseason games in an effort to try to protect him and hope that he doesn't uh, get a season ending injury except maybe for the third week instead of the first or second week like uh, so so let me ask you this uh, uh, honest question here is it really news when cincinnati makes an announcement about the bengals only because it's Joe Burrow. And, it. and there's a lot of people in South Mississippi, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. follow that team down in Baton Rouge. And I always get a kick out of that, too, cause, because when you find those people, they tend to be pretty rabid mm-hmm. you know, about, uh, about that team in Baton Rouge. And I'll say, when did you go to that school? And what do they always say? They didn't. I didn't go there. Right. And I go, yeah. then, no, then, you're 100% right. Then what are you doing? What are you doing right. cheering you're 100% for them? Right. You know? I, I, you and I both love NFL football. We we grew up NFL fans. But you know, Kelly, from what I'm reading, the NFL, they're just going to go full bore woke on us again. 
at the start of the season. Why, why do they find it necessary to alienate half the country? Well, they've already got a bunch of ads running, running that are, uh, yeah. let's just say that ads like that have never run before. Yes. Um, so, you know, I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer for that, Bob. But um, they, they, they can certainly say that if it's not, you know, if it's not broken, don't fix it. They're, they're still the king of all pro sports. Right. You know, Major League Baseball, NBA, all of it. The NFL, it doesn't matter what the NFL does. Mm-hmm. It, they seem to be And, and you know, I, I read that uh, the, the, the first weekend television ratings for the Olympics is the lowest since they've been doing the Olympics. And I just wonder how much of that is people are so weary of, for example, the women's soccer team protesting the national anthem, refusing to come in the opening march. Is that the reason we're seeing? We saw the NBA just crash in rating. Have people just had enough, Kelly? People don't want to mix sports with politics. I mean, even even the vaccine. You and I have talked about this off the. The vaccine has become political in this country, whether to get it, whether not to get it. But one of the things I think that attracts people to sports is the ability to just zone out for two or three hours, right, absolutely cheer for their favorite team, win, lose, or draw. But now even athletes think they have to get political and make a statement. And I beg to differ. America doesn't care about your politics. Just do what you're paid to do. Play the sport. Play it well. Well said. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Kelly and I, that is. And uh, Christian Ostrander will join us. We hope you will, too. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Into the future I want to fly like an eagle To the sea Fly like an eagle Let my spirit carry me I want to fly like an eagle Till I'm free Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.